one of the biggest discussion pieces every draft season is ceiling versus floor. Who would you rather have, a high ceiling or a high floor guy? We're going to discuss this and more coming up next. You are locked on NFL Draft, your daily podcast covering the NFL Draft. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Locked On family? Welcome back to the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, your daily podcast covering your favorite draft prospects. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for making Locked On NFL Draft your first listen today and every single day. And thank you for being our every single day. I'm your boy, Damian Parson, always on the ones and twos. You can find and follow me on X at DP underscore NFL. I'm a national scout and a senior draft analyst. And as always, guys, on this bonus episode for this beautiful Monday, as always, I got to kick the intro over to my guy, Mr. LSU, Keith Sanchez. You can find and follow him on X at The Talent Code. Keep talking to him, baby. What's up, Locked On family? This is Keith Sanchez, 2019 national champ with those LSU Bengal Tigers, man. Here to bring you championship-level content around the NFL draft 24-7-365. The other parts of this dynamic duel that we call a Locked On NFL draft podcast, man. Well, listen, man, I always say this, man. We talk draft strategy. We talk draft philosophies, man, over here. But guess what, DP? We're getting into the draft strategy, draft philosophy for this bonus episode, man. We had a conversation, and we said, you know what? Scratch that. Let's have this conversation on air, man, for our everyday is. And we're talking ceiling versus floor, right? Floor, however you identify a floor versus drafting that guy with the high ceiling. What do you want for your prize, for your franchise, right? When you're talking about the quarterback position, running back, wide receiver, edge rushers, we're about to have a really, really good conversation, man. This is strictly philosophies, right? This is, ain't no mock drafts. This is not no draft evaluations. This is strictly philosophy and how do you go about it, man? And we're going to break this down for you guys, man. So ready to get this thing started. But DP, before we get started, man, why don't you hit them with our title sponsor? Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to get started. Guys, ceiling versus floor. is You hear it every single draft season. Well, I like this guy. He has a higher ceiling, but this guy has the higher floor. And it's all about how do we value them. And Keith, for you, you worked in coaching. You know what I mean? You 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 were at LSU. You did recruiting. All those things. You saw those guys that had the high ceilings. Where you're like, man, if this kid hits, oh, he's a, he's an elite player. But then you also had those guys that came in more polished, more technically refined. He's ready to go right now. Where, but the ceiling because his physical tools may not be as high. So Keith, when when we talk about ceiling versus floor, how do you value them? In your personal scouting process, yeah, I, I and I'm glad we about to have this conversation. I think it's going to be fun, right? That's and, and it's I, I like it happening at the beginning of the draft season, right? So we can right. start to kind of unfold this thing. I'm more of a high floor type of guy, and, and when I say high floor, I'm gonna say high floor in the sense of the fact of I have to have seen you done it already, right? Like, like I don't want to leave that part up to. Um, I guess up to thought, right? If you can potentially do it at this level, like I want to see you, I, I'm, I'm a prove it guy, right? Like, hey, you pro, you're proving it to me that you're worthy of this this selection, and you say, okay, Keith, how, how does that go versus, you know, I guess 
per round and, and my draft selection, and I'm looking at it from this perspective, DP, is that you take just the quarterbacks, right? Just the quarterbacks in the past um, who've, who've been productive and those who haven't been productive, right? And we can look at the the the, the Trey Lances, right? The the potentially the Zach Wilsons, um, even though he had one good year. Um, and then I could keep going in, into different quarterbacks, right? The the Mitchell Trubisky's, right? And all those quarterbacks are quarterbacks that we haven't necessarily seen them do it at a high level, right? And what we bet on was the high ceiling, right? But we when you understand something is that the ceiling is at the very top, right? But in any room, the ceiling and the floor, there's a lot of stuff in between there, right? And that's my thing is that when you do that, right, you understand what the floor is and you're looking at the ceiling, but understand that there's a lot of stuff in between the ceiling and the floor. And oftentimes, DP, that's where these prospects, in my opinion, fall at, right? Some of them fall flat to the floor and then some of them fall closer to the floor. But how many times do we see the high ceiling players that we haven't seen do it, right, really touch the ceiling? And that, that's kind of why I fall, especially with the quarterback position. No, I, I keep in that's that's a good point because like you said, like there's a lot of space between you know the ceiling and the floor. And I think I even go back to 2023 NFL draft. I remember we were be on our over at the draft network, we have our scouting meetings. You like, man, with the first overall pick, you just like for a team that struggled to find quarterbacks, like you know, you're talking about the the, the Carolina Panthers at the time, right? It was like Bryce Young. Like just you, you just want somebody that can start and be a long term starter at this point. Like you know what I mean because you struggle for so long, right? And it's like I would never forget going back to what I can't remember which draft it was twenty eighteen. I think the one in Dallas where Baker Mayfield went one, Sam Donald mm-hmm. went like three or five or whatever it was, and then you had um what was it uh Josh Rosen, Josh Allen, and then Lamar Jackson at the back end, right? And then the and the crazy thing about it was. Those first three quarterbacks off the board are, are so like that's the, in, inside that first four the Josh Rosen, the um, the Baker Mayfield, and the Sam Donald. Those were quote unquote the kind of high floor guys that the yeah. NFL was like, Well, yeah. I know what I'm getting with those guys. I remember listening and, and hearing about a story about um, a former Brown scout like talking about, Well, the reason why we didn't go with Josh Allen because he didn't do it, he didn't throw enough in college like we saw enough of baker mayfield to where we we've been through that that qb carousel that qb turmoil he was like man we gotta find a starter man like we we don't want to play the high variance game again and i understood and i think that's a part of it too right keith is like depending on where your franchise has been especially when you're looking at quarterbacks if you're a franchise that has hit like if you're the green bay packers if the packers selected like if jordan love was not there and they selected and they moved up in the top five and selected a high like ceiling quarterback, I'm gonna trust that situation because they've hit Keith. You know what I'm saying? They've hit on those high ceiling court. The Brett Favre, the Aaron Rodgers, right? Even right now, we see it with Jordan Love. Same thing. They're hitting on those quarterbacks. But if you're a team like the Chicago Bears, dear God, like you have not hit. You know what I mean? The the Carolina Panthers. The the jury's still out on Bryce, but you haven't hit outside of Cam, right? You right. had Jake Delhomme. Yeah, Jimmy Clausen at one point. Like, what are we doing? You know what I mean? Like, you just—it's—it's we've seen it. So I think that's a that's a very big part of this this discussion. Is like, where have you been as a franchise until on the quarterbacks? For me, it was always like because we always talk about right trucks and trailers. I always like I I always want a truck because it's like man, for a trailer, or maybe even a hitch, it's it takes a lot to get you to be where you where where you need to be to be your best. Right, if the Miami Dolphins don't go get Tyreek Hill, and it's just Jalen Waddle and the cast of misfits 
of just like average players, Tua has ne- probably never discussed as an MVP candidate this year. Brock Purdy is not in San Fran. If he's in Houston, we see what CJ Stroud's doing. I don't care. You put Brock Purdy there, they're not in the playoffs. I don't believe that. You know what I mean? Like, because the talent, it, it, it gets to a point of, for me, Keith, it's like, all right. And even like, and I get your opinion on this as a coach. Defensively, I, I want to, I, because I, I'm an offensive minded guy, I want my offense to be in a place where you have to, you have to gear up to take care, take my quarterback out the game first. You know what I mean? Where we've seen with Lamar Jackson makes Zay Flowers' life easy, Rashad Bateman's life easy, Pat Mahomes, even though his receivers aren't doing him any favors, they're make he's make he makes their job easier because defenses coordinator is still walking the rooms like, listen, number fifteen, that's the first thing we've got to chop the head off the snake here. We got to stop him first, whether it's his playmaking ability, pressuring him, whatever it is, right? So from a defensive standpoint, that's kind of offensive standpoint. That's how I always want my offense to be built around like a, a truck quarterback that will force defenses to key on him first toward then now my scheme and everything else can free up my playmakers. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that. And let's, let's do this DP. I know we have the transition, but what I don't want to do is I don't want to transition away from this conversation because we about to unload, right? We about to just, we about to talk about this. We got to get down to some examples. We got to talk and we about to talk quarterback. We about to talk about edge rusher, running backs, wide receiver, all of those conversations. So coming up next, man, stay tuned because we just going to keep this conversation going, right? Simply put, man, ceiling versus floor. How do you view those prospects? And if you're watching on YouTube, right, man, go ahead and comment. Tell us how you feel about it, man. But coming up next, man, we're going to keep this conversation going, ceiling versus floor. At the start of the new year, every small business owner is asking themselves the same question. What's the one move I can make that'll take my business to the next level in 2024? LinkedIn Jobs knows that your success all depends on the team you surround yourself with. That's why LinkedIn Jobs has created the tools to help you find the right professionals for your team faster and for free. LinkedIn is not just another job board, guys. LinkedIn has a vast network of more than a billion professionals, which makes it the best place to hire. Hiring is easy when you have that many quality candidates. So easy, in fact, that 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. It is also why small businesses rate LinkedIn jobs number one in delivering quality hires. So post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL. That's LinkedIn.com slash LockedOnNFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right, Coach K, we, we keeping this conversation rolling, man. So, again, with, with ceiling floor, we talk about from a quarterback standpoint, right? But even you remember, remember the rumors last draft where it was, well, the, the, the Houston Texans at number three or with their second or second first round pick in the top 10 or wherever it was, they could select, you know, decide to go the route of Tyree Wilson, right? The defensive lineman from Texas Tech, who's now with the Las Vegas Raiders, go Tyree Wilson over Will Anderson. And when we heard, I remember both of our reaction when we heard that, it was like, you got to be kidding me. And even yep. though I'm a high ceiling guy, it's more so, it, it varies from position to position, right? Because for me, I never looked at Will Anderson as a low ceiling guy. I looked at him as a, High floor, high ceiling guy. Right. And and no, I'm I'm right there with you. And I think what happens is that people get enamored with the unseen, right? Like it's 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 that thing of where I, I just want a little bit, you know, like I just want to know the the un the unseen thing. Like and, and that's where people go. That's why you see these prospects, right, that have done it. And and sometimes it gets boring and monotonous, right? Just saying Will Anderson 
is the best edge rusher out there, right? It just gets a little bit monotonous. And sometimes people, you know, it's, it's like going into a casino. They want to take a little risk, right? Like you can tell them, listen, you can keep this money in your pocket and you know you what you want, right? Some people don't want to leave the casino. It's like, you know what, if I made a thousand, I want to try to make 10,000, 20,000, 50,000, a hundred thousand, right? Instead of just taking, listen, you know what you have in your pocket. And it, it's, it's the battle DP against almost human nature for some, like for, for some people. And that's why I, I hate to throw blank and statements on, you know, like even with the quarterback situation, like, oh, I only want a quarterback that has this many reps or uh, uh, stuff like that, right? I, I, yeah. I like to allow the film to speak to me, right? When I when I um, evaluate prospects and give them draft grades. But on the, the flip side of that is that the one thing that I do have as far as with players is putting the film first, right? Like, like that, that's my... Um, you know, if you tell me what's my go-to or, or what do I lean on or like what is my uh, statement, right? It's put the yeah. film first, man. And, and if you're watching the film and you sit there and I'll tell you, LSU, right? You want to talk about some of the biggest misses? Well, those projection type guys, because y'all sit that like if we have a we had a deep we have a defensive end, right? That's six five or six four, two hundred and fifteen pounds, right? And he runs. Uh, he he runs the 200 and the 400, right? And he's a really good athlete at the 200 and the 400. And what happens is, is this is like, oh man, um, man, what if we just put some weight on him? And in the film, I, and I'm I'm a, I'm a sum this up too. The film was very average, right? It's very average film. There's nothing spectacular. You talking about in high school, might have had four sacks, right? But he's six four, six five, 210 pounds. Runs the 200 and the 400. One like you know district or something like that, right? So good athlete, right? And what you do is you spend your time. And you say, man, a, a young kid out of Alabama who's 6'4", 6'5", that was a track athlete, you know who he could be? DeMarcus Ware, right? You say that. You say, like, he could be DeMarcus Ware. And then, but you forget that for every DeMarcus Ware, there's a thousand John Smiths. Nobody knows John Smith. You want to know why? Because John Smith didn't pan out, right? Like, that. that's not a Hall of Fame edge rusher. So even in my time at LSU, DP, I've seen that that's where – you get in the most trouble, right? Is when you're trying to mold something into um what, what it hasn't been. And especially if the film is out there, man, you rely on the film, right? Because when a guy puts on a helmet, shoulder pads, puts his cleats on, that football player, that usually translates, right? When we watch Will Anderson and what he's doing on the football field, some of the same stuff he was doing at Alabama. And I'll tell you this, it's some of the same stuff he was doing at Dutchtown High School when he was playing in Georgia, right? It's He's, he's always had that mentality and that temperament to him so i understand that but that's addressing some of the edge rush i, I want to go back to the quarterback conversation though dp real quick because you did talk about you betting on the ceiling um or you know what i'm saying or like you know like anthony richardson right like you like anthony richardson because of the tools right and then it it, it does show opposite for me in that draft that you brought up the 2018 draft right the me taking i guess i would have been one of those guys that it took Baker Mayfield, Sam Darnold, uh, Josh Rosen, right? Because those are the proven guys. And then uh, you had Josh Allen and, and Lamar Jackson, who are the two of the top quarterbacks. So that philosophy may not have applied in the 2018 yeah. draft, right? But I want to act like, what's your reasoning for that, right? Like, what's the what's the opposite perspective of that? What's your reasoning? And I know you talked about the truck stuff, but if you're put in position to play general manager, are you a, a go big or go home type guy? If you're like, you know what, if I'm gonna get fired, I'm gonna get fired on this. You know what I'm saying? Because you like, if I'm gonna lose my job, I'm gonna lose my job on this guy. Like, what's what's your philosophy when approaching that? And does that make you nervous? Not having seen him 
haven't seen him do it, right? Because we've seen so yeah. many six five quarterbacks like a, a Logan Thomas, right? Remember, came out of Virginia Tech. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been a lot of quarterbacks, right? Like they just had physical tools and haven't done it. So I want to ask yeah. you, like, where, where do you find the 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 calmness, right, in making a selection like that if you're the general manager. So first thing, for yeah, Keith, I, I am that kind of GM where it's like, listen, I'm not getting fired because I drafted Mac Jones top 15. I'm That's not about to happen to me. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. I'm not taking a guy that has, like, very average to poor physical traits, but, you know what I mean, as my scouts are telling me, man, but because that's all, I remember all that talk about Mac Jones was, he's, you know, it's so crazy how the media spun it. Oh, he's got Tom Brady athleticism. Tom Brady athleticism in the pocket. I've never heard that that term as a scout. Like, I've never heard somebody say, man, I love that Tom Brady athleticism. Like, nobody's ever said that in a, in a positive way. It was always used a negative way against TB12, right? Because he wasn't the most athletic. So it was a lot of different – it was a great spin job by the media when it came down to Mac Jones. For me, it's more so like, all right, how do I find solace into – because I'm, I'm also a guy that – I will meet you halfway where – I'll have I I want my tools, Keith, but I do also like think about the floor. And and for me, like for example, like Anthony Richardson, right? When I watched Anthony Richardson, remember we talked about this. I watched Anthony Richardson. And I was like, okay, I need to see where your tools can you take over games, right? That's why I was so cool with Lamar Jackson because I saw him take over games in college, and I'm like, all right, what are some things he the things he needs to work on? was more mechanical. He has a narrow base. His feet were too close to part. He was kind of heel clicky. Those type of things are muscle memory things that you get with a good QB coach and you work through. So it's like, hey, no, we don't need to over – like Josh Allen, what was his biggest thing? And I, I wish I could find the interview he did where he talked about revamping his throwing motion. He was uh-huh. a push thrower where his shoulders, instead of being like this, were like this. So, like, when he threw, he was always cocked to one side. and He was just a push thrower overstriding with the lead foot. And he talked about it, like, man, no, I had to fix that because it messed up every every bit of my process. I didn't have proper weight transfer, all that stuff. So for me, it's like when I see your tools take over games, that's when I find solace. So when I looked at Anthony Richardson, I'm like, yo, yeah, he's 20 years old, going to be 21 or whatever, and he's got he's super talented. But then I watch him against Tennessee in a game that where I need you to be one of the two top players on the field, and that's what he was, right? Against Hendon Hooker, an offense last in 2022 of that college football season, nobody could stop except for Georgia. Um, you know what I mean? They found a way to stop him, but nobody really had an answer for him. They lit up Alabama. They lit up everybody. So in that game, and, and you watching Hendon Hooker just throw deep ball after deep ball, score after score, and it's like Anthony Richardson almost – remember that – um it was the game. Cam, it was like the, the Cam Newton Panthers versus the Giants. It was that kind of, I think it was the OBJ, uh, Josh Norman fight in the middle of the game mm-hmm. or whatever. Yep. I yep. remember Eli Manning scoring late in that game. And and Cam is on the sideline with his, with his towel on his head. He watches him score. He's like, okay. Oh, yeah. It's like, a, it's a gift now. It's like one of those yeah, things. Yeah, it's a, it's a legit yeah. <laughs> So he's like, okay, okay. And he takes, you know what I'm saying? And he goes up there and, and leads him down the, down the field. And it was like, I saw that with Anthony Richardson, right? And then, you know, of course, like what we do is we 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 crowdsource. We talk to people that know these young men. It's like, what what is he like at practice? What is he like in the film room? And then hearing from his offensive line, like, man, we haven't seen what this young man, what he can be. So it's like, it's just, for me, it's like gathering all that information, putting it all together. Now, without, you know, as I talk about liking traits, what was one quarterback I didn't like like that? 
What? Will Levis. Okay, well, let's stop it right there because you took it where I was going to go with this. You took it exactly where I was going to go with this. So coming up next, man, DP walked right into my trap, right? And that's where I want to go. I want to stop with the Will Levis conversation. So coming up next, man, we're about to go into the Will Levis conversation, right? We talked quarterbacks. We talked about ceilings. Let's talk about Will Levis and have this conversation, man, just as far as the ceiling versus floor when it comes to NFL draft prospects coming up next. Just a couple of weeks ago, we were wrapping up presents for Christmas. Now we're we have wrapped up the NFL regular season, but there's still time to get in on the action with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when they place a $5 bet. That's $150 in bonus bets guaranteed when they place a $5 bet. Again, $150 in bonus bets win or lose. The app is super easy to use, and there's so many different ways to bet, like live same-game parlays, finding bets in the new Explore tab, make a parlay in the Parlay Hub, the best way to find popular parlays, and so much, so much more. So, guys, all you need to do is visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and make your first bet a layup. FanDuel is, FanDuel is the official partner of the NFL. Will Levis, Keith. Yeah, I, I it's, even though I like traits, I did not – I was not a fan of Will Levis. I, I liked his ceiling, and I knew that his ceiling was high. He's 6'4", 230, elite uh-huh. arm talent, mobile. Tricks. What what he I talked ceiling, about, DP, he got the ceiling. He's got the ceiling, right? But he didn't have the games where he took over. When I watched Anthony Richardson go for 500 total yards and four touchdowns versus uh, Tennessee, you know, in 2022, with, with a bad cast of characters in terms of around him at the, the wide receiver position and tight end position, he didn't have a lot of talent around him. And then I watched Will Levis throw for 98 yards and I think four interceptions against that exact same team. And it's like, were you were for me, it was like, okay, one guy took the super, the superman traits or the superhuman traits, and I saw him be a superhero on the field. Where the other guy is like, yeah, that's Superman. Mm, that's Clark Kent. That's how I felt about Will Levis. I didn't see enough Superman. I saw too much suit and tie. I saw too much Clark Kent when I watched this film where it's just like he's not – even now in the NFL, yeah, he's chasing the deep ball, and if guys are open, he can fit it in there. He can fit in the tight windows. The arm tap, that didn't change. But what is he still doing? Stone filling in the pocket. What is he still doing? Not moving and shuffling and finding throwing lanes and getting away from pressure. What is he still doing? Taking sacks that he shouldn't take. And he did that for two straight years at Kentucky. So for me, it's like that's why I wasn't a fan of, of Will Levis because as much as, as as talented as he was, I always felt like something was holding him back mentally where he didn't he did he doesn't use his athleticism like he should. He's not, you know what I mean? Like if you're gonna play man to man, that's a four or five athlete at quarterback, Keith. Typically, when you play man to man, a guy like that's gonna force you to play eleven on eleven. He doesn't do those things. And it's like he didn't do it at Kentucky. He did it the first year under um Liam Cohen and then Rich Gangrello, his second year in Kentucky. I was told that they didn't want him running the football as much because what he kept getting banged up, right? You know what I mean? He kept dealing with just just different injuries, sprained finger, bad shoulder, a knee injury, an ankle, a toe. It was just like, what in the world is going on, man? You built like Superman, but you consistently getting hurt. So I understood not running them. So I think that's where I came to. Everything came to fruition for me. It was just like, I like this. I still like his ceiling, 
But I need to see that that growth, that you know what I mean, that that step up. Like uh-huh. you know those those charts, Keith, where it's like, yeah, you look at the the numbers, like okay, we're going up, we're going up. I never const- I never saw that with Will, where I see like a little bit of growth, and then it's like, well, nope, we're back down. And it was like, man, I don't want you to make a mountain, big dog. I need you to keep that thing going, make make it a a, a roller coaster ride. We're going to the t- to the top, baby. And I just never saw that with Will, and I still haven't seen it yet. In you know during his rookie year. Yeah, no, I, I think that's a that's that's a fair explanation, right? You know, and just having this conversation, especially um, you know, without people listening, without every day is man. And I I'll kind of jump into this is where I I, I kind of fall with this, and 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 I guess I'm kind of like this with almost every position, right? Is that I I want to put it in position as a as a as a film evaluator, as an NFL film evaluator. I want to be able to cut the film back on, like if, if a prospect misses, I want to be able to cut the film on. And then people say, like, you know what? That was a good football player, right? That's on him that he didn't work out, right? The worst thing is, and, I, you, you know, you had this happen before in a coach's room, right, is that you go back and now you're a player's in year three, year four, and they're not a very good player, right? And when you do something called retroactive evals, you go back and watch the film, and then you watch him, and like, they never were really good, right? That's an on-you type of situation. You see what I'm saying? When I draft DP, I want to draft and put all the onus on the player in the sense of the fact that you were a talented football player. That's on you that you didn't work out, right? Like, Because the question is this. Even you think of a guy like a Cleveland Farrell, right? Who fault was that? That wasn't Cleveland Farrell's fault, right? He was no. what he was and told you what he was for three to four years at Clemson, right? That was on – I can't even remember who drafted him. I don't think that was, – was that John um, Gruden and, and Mike Mayock? John Gruden and Mike Mayock, yep. Yeah, that, like that. that's on you, right? Like you decided to ignore the film. So for me, man, I, I simply put it like this, man. The film, for me, the film is king, man. That That's probably 70% of my evaluation, right? And then you get into the details of stuff and what – you know what a player could be, but man, let let the player, let the film. They all play football. You're watching football film. Let that dictate the pace. Let that dictate who the prospect is. When you're talking about selling versus flow conversations, no, hundred percent, Keith. And I think even we, you know, we'll get into guys. We'll talk about the offensive tackles and stuff. This is a little offensive tackle group, right? But like even with the Olu Fashanu Joe Alt situation, you're gonna look at Olu. We know Olu Fashanu's ceiling is so high because of what. Six five, six six. He's probably gonna have thirty five, you know, inch arms. He's a freak athlete in terms of his ability to redirect, change directions, move, recover. Like he, he's an outrageous athlete at the tackle position, right? But he's still raw in terms of polish and refinement, technical, you know, technical prowess. Process. Where you look yep. at a, a, you know, a Joe Alt, he's more cleaner, right? He's got a high floor and he's still got a high ceiling too. But it's like, okay, that's where that you're going to have to have those discussions if you're a team like maybe the Tennessee, not even maybe, but the Tennessee Titans, depending on where you land, and you're the team that picked the first off at the top, they're going to have to have that discussion, right? Uh-huh. Where it's like, man, do we go with the freak of nature, the freak athlete, or do we say, you know what, no, man, let, let's go make sure we get us a proven day one starter. Like, even though a lot of us, I still think Olu's a day one starter, right? You got to let them get them reps in. But Joe Alt is going to be a cleaner prospect in a lot of people's eyes. So it's like, where do we go from here, right? And then you look at what we've seen with Ikea Kwanu, right? You know how his struggles. And it's like high ceiling guy, big, strong, athletic, but he was a mess from a technical standpoint. And then now, in two years, he's still a mess from a technical stand, uh, technical stand, uh, stance, prospect, you know, uh, process and everything and perspective key. So it's like it's just crazy, man. We've seen all these different edge. I remember Vernon Golston. From Ohio State, mm-hmm. you know, years yep. ago, like a decade or so ago, maybe more than a decade. 
like got to meet the height, weight, speed. He was a chiseled guy. Mm. He looked like he looked like an NFL edge rusher. Yep, and it was just all straight line speed. It was never pass rush plan. It was never change of direction. It was never bend and dip. You know, it was just man. He looks the part, and that's a thing. That's a big thing, and it's still it. Keith, it rears his ugly head in the NFL today, where you still have people who will judge prospects more so off of the way they look, right? You know what I mean? A guy walks into walks into the combine, and he's got the, the shirt and the shorts on. You're like, man, that's a football player, baby. That's a football player. But you see that guy? That's a football player. And you just completely forget that his tape is just as raw as all get out. You know what I mean? Yeah, you just yeah, yeah. Th- th- His tape is just, just as raw as a pack of chicken that's uncooked from the store. You're like, you know what, man? I don't care. Like, did you see that guy? Let me get that guy on my roster. Let me take him top 10. And you take him top 10, and then in two years, the whole staff is fired because you never got I'm him to, to be where he needed to be. Yep, I'm about to list off some names, DP. I'm, I'm gonna start with Chase Claypool, right? He he fits that mold exactly. I remember sitting in um in Indianapolis, man, with a couple of scouts. I won't say from what team. Um, we were sitting there and we talked about him, and I was like, Yeah, I wouldn't take him in the fourth, fifth round. And and I get it. He was six three, six four, explosive. You know, like just look every bit of a wide receiver, right? But when you look at the details, the route running, the catching, right, like all of that stuff, it was question marks. And I'm like, that's the most important part of playing wide receiver, right? But you totally skipped over that. And I'm like, just rely on the film. And then I'm gonna say this: Darius Haywood Bay, right? Remember, remember oh, that yeah. guy. Henry Ruggs, right? Went wide receiver one in one of the best wide receiver drafts that we've had, right? And it's because you're 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 trying to base this off of a ceiling or something that you haven't even seen, right? You just think that hey, this guy's gonna um insert here and do this. So DP, I think it was a fun conversation, man, being able to apply context. And like I said, I want to do more of these, right? Like I said, we talk draft strategy, we talk draft philosophies over here, man. And I think that's a dope draft philosophy to have and just a conversation to have, man. And listen, like I said, y'all like, y'all comment. If you're not subscribed, subscribe to the channel. Tell us what y'all philosophy, right? What's some of y'all biggest hits? What's some of y'all biggest misses? And what were y'all approaches to finding those hits and misses, man? But listen, I am Keith Sanchez. You can find me on X at the Talent Code, man. The guy to my left, man, that is Damian Parson, man. You can find him on X at DP underscore NFL. Like we always like to say, man, y'all talk to us because we like to talk back. Go subscribe and follow for free on YouTube or wherever you listen to podcasts. Get the latest episode as soon as it is available. As I always tell you guys, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, go uh, download, subscribe, uh, you know, like, share, leave a five-star review, man. Continue to support this channel, to support this podcast and this channel on YouTube if you're more of a visual person. But for my audio listeners, definitely show us that love. Leave those five-star reviews for your boys, man, for your favorite dynamic duo. But listen, guys, as we said, Tomorrow, we are breaking down and recapping the national championship game. Whose stock is up? Whose stock is down? Does Michael Penix make himself QB3? We're going to talk about all of that on tomorrow's show. So come and join the conversation again tomorrow on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.